0: guys, welcome to The 7 Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza. And in today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about a bunch of different topics, but the general theme of this episode is gonna be the art of letting bad things happen. And I wanted to talk about this topic because I, through the coronavirus shutdown, realized that I was in sort of a bad place um, mentally, I would say mentally and emotionally. Um, With the gym with my relationship to the gym and didn't really realize it. Um, I didn't really realize it till the Gym shutdown was sort of forced on us and I had a lot more time away from the day-to-day Responsibilities and I mean still was doing a lot of work I mean, especially that first week I was doing even more than when we were up and running but the tasks and things I was working on was different and through looking at things differently through not having to um, see the same people over and over again day after day, um, it forced me to shift my mindset and to look at what I was doing prior to the coronavirus shutdown and see where maybe things were missing or see where I wasn't taking care of myself and my needs on a a mental and emotional level. So um, to try to dive in deeper and get a little bit more specific with this is I think Starting with last fall, when we instituted a a reservation system at our gym, it also coincided with uh, the birth of my second son, Liam. And I think through that time as a byproduct of one, not really having the routines that I was used to at home and not really having things built in at home where um, like sleep as an example and my nighttime routine. and making time for things like journaling and meditation and breath work and things that I've done over the years that have really been beneficial for me. Um, that coinciding with sort of this reservation system and some of the the backlash that we got in regards to that for what seemed like such a simple thing on the surface. Um, I think over time it sort of led to me just not being in the right spot with how I approach the gym, how I approach feedback from other people and I started to lose balance in my life. I started to invest too much of my own identity into how the gym was doing, as opposed to sort of listening to my own internal moral compass. And the way this played out was just trying to be a people pleaser, trying to do too much to solve other people's problems instead of being true to myself and being true to the principles that I knew were best for myself and the gym and our coaches and, and the members. You know, and a lot of times when you're in this mode of people pleasing, you're, you're feeling like you have to put out every fire. And you're feeling that everything that's thrown at you is, is your, your problem that needs to be solved. And that's just not the case. Like a lot of things that come across our desks as gym owners aren't problems for us to be solved at all. They're really just there for us to usually uh, listen to, be empathetic to, but not really resolve. And I think in an effort to be empathetic to people and to show that we cared and to show that we do want to improve and that we still care about people, that um, I took that too far into wanting to, to please people and sort of wanting to make my myself a martyr in that sense and let myself kind of detract from my own energy and my own... Uh, emotional health to be sympathetic or empathetic to others and you know the the thing that i've learned with this is is that no matter how how much you try you are never going to please everybody and in fact the more successful you become the more people are not going to be happy about what you do now hopefully the side of people that are happy about what you do is growing um, and continues to grow at a rate that's above the people that don't like what you're doing, but potentially that's not true either. Potentially, there's more people that dislike what you're doing, or are hating on what you're doing, or feel like it should be done a different way, or even people that that like what you're doing, maybe feel like you should have a, be doing it a different way. And you know, it's 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 possible that you have more people that are upset about what you're doing than happy about what you're doing. You know, I've been watching this uh, Michael Jordan documentary, and and you know you can see how overwhelming that was no matter how successful he was right he just won three championships in a row and this happened basically twice in his career the same thing happened over and over again where he won three championships in a row but because of the emotional toll that The reporters and the the media and, and other people around him had on his emotional well-being it became too much for him to handle and one time that meant leaving for baseball another that time that meant retiring only to come back again for a different team later on so you you as the owner you as the leader you as a coach it doesn't really matter what position you're in you might even not be in a leadership position or the fitness field at all you have to protect your energy, your emotional health first and foremost. No amount of success is worth that, right? No amount of success is gonna make up for that. And you know, a couple big realizations that I've had over the last couple months is that I have to be willing to let small bad things happen. And not even small bad things, I have to be willing to let small good things happen. I have to not try to control every single aspect of what's happening in our business And what I was trying to do is control a ton of aspects because I wanted it to be good. I didn't wanna get the negative feedback on those things. I didn't wanna hear it. So in an effort to prevent that from happening, you know, that looked like me trying to control and micromanage things that I probably shouldn't. And I realized that a lot of times when we're getting feedback from people, whether that be people close to us, staff, family members, or people that we don't know as well, maybe it's a member or a non-member. A lot of times when we're getting feedback, we have to actually distinguish between what is a preference and what is a problem, right? So if people complain about music in the gym, more often than not, that is a preference. That is a preference of that specific person. It's not a real problem, right? Now, yes, there's times where the music could be improved, right? Maybe you got cuss words, right? And you realize, you know what? We don't wanna have cuss words anymore in the gym. We're gonna set the rule that, you know, we play 100% clean music. That's a decision that you wanna make. Maybe that is a problem that you solved. But if it's just a matter of, hey, someone didn't like this hip hop playlist and we always, you know, play hip hop and dance and stuff like that, then that's a preference, right? There's nothing you can do about that except for you know listen to the person and you know make them feel heard and understood but it's not really your problem to solve because it's not a problem at all it's just a preference right Programming's another example of that class times might be another example of that it's these are preferences right these are not problems for you to solve and there's endless amounts of examples like this and that's a question that i want you guys to be able to ask yourself as gym owners and coaches is, is this an actually a problem, or is this just a preference? Another way to think about this in a similar way is when you're looking forward, when you're looking at making decisions, rebranding, I'll talk about our process and how I approach rebranding, but it's important for you to plan out a, a plan of action, but it's unnecessary for you to project into what other people's feelings or thoughts are gonna be about that thing. Right. You can plan how it might fit into someone's schedule, but for you to try to project someone's reaction to that decision is outside of your control and a waste of your energy. Right. So we want to be able to distinguish between preferences and problems and we want to be able to plan, but not project and. As I've done work, and I've actually redove into this over the last two months, I reached out and got um, sort of a coach for myself. And one of the things that I've realized over the years is that you know we all have limiting beliefs. And one of the limiting beliefs that I had for a while that still comes up from time to time is this belief that I'm responsible for other people's feelings. And I'm responsible for other people's emotions. And this is a very, very limiting belief because again, it can put you into that people pleasing mindset, but then it can put you into this codependent relationship with anybody that you come across where you're, you're relying on them to be happy for you to be happy, or you're, you're relying for them to be satisfied with the decision for you to be satisfied with the decision that you made. Instead of looking at things from more of a, a principle-based perspective, and looking at you know what is right, what is the right decision here, based on everything I know, not how is someone gonna to react to this. Another way this might play out is, if you're a coach out there, you might not say, okay, I'm responsible for another person's feelings or emotions. You might not have that limiting belief to the degree that I've had at times throughout my life, but you might have this limiting belief that I'm responsible for my client's results, right? And To a degree that's true as a coach we do want to take ownership right we want to take ownership for the what we can control to best set our clients up for success to be able to achieve the results that they want to achieve that they came to us for we're taking ownership of that but that's different from saying I'm responsible for my clients results because taking responsibility for the client's results is taking responsibility for a lot of things that are outside of your control. And when you're, do, when you're taking ownership, you're taking ownership of the things that are within your control to help that person get there. When you're, when you're saying you're taking responsibility for the entire picture, the client's results, then you're relying on actions that they may or may not take that you have no control over And then what happens is that any client that's unsuccessful feels just like a weight holding you down. You could have 20 clients, and 18 of them could be knocking it out of the park, and then you have these two clients that are unsuccessful, and you're probably gonna spend more time and energy with those two clients to try to get them to success, even though a lot of the reasons why they're not successful is because of things that they aren't addressing in their own life ways that they're not committing ways that they're not showing up fully, and you are taking responsibility for things that they're not doing. So as coaches, I want you guys to really start to distinguish between taking ownership for stuff and taking responsibility for other people's thoughts, emotions, results, which are not under your control. We rebranded um, over the last two weeks, we were branded CrossFit Palm Beach to Fit Town Jupiter. And this is a decision that we spent months on. And had we made this decision two months ago, I, it would have been a very different process. Um, we did go through a very detailed process, but when it came down to our last five names, um, I was in a much better spot and I was able to let go. So my brother was very adamant about fit town jupiter he loved the name Um, i loved the name as well but i had several other names that i loved as well and i thought it was worth doing the work to say you know what let's let's talk to members let's get feedback let's see which name they like the best and he was so adamant about the fit town jupiter name that he didn't even want to go through those steps. He he felt like we had done enough of the research and it was time to make a decision. And if it had happened two months ago, I would have been so much more pushy about that. And I would have tried to micromanage that decision. I would have said, no, let's make sure it's perfect. But instead I let him run with it. I was willing to kind of let go, um, say, you know what? This name Fit Town Jupiter checks all the boxes. We had said about 10, guidelines or more that our new name had to fit into and it hit it checked all those boxes you know and we liked it for so many reasons we had we had seen it or come up with the name three months ago and it was something that kept coming back up up and again so we knew we had liked the name and it was a matter of okay is it the perfect name and being willing to let go of that idea of perfection because there is no perfect name. There is no perfect decision. There's always gonna be downsides to every decision you make. There's always gonna be decisions that you make the wrong decision, right? You know, There's plenty of times you're gonna make the right decision and people are unhappy. And there's plenty of times that you're gonna make the wrong decision and even more people are gonna be unhappy or vice versa. So you have to be okay with just making decisions. And a lot of the best entrepreneurs are perfectly fine with letting bad things happen. They know that speed is the name of the game, right? Speed of implementation. When you have an idea, a worthwhile idea, how quickly do you go from thinking that idea to putting that into action? That is gonna determine your success way more than whether you were right or wrong. Gary Vee talks about this all the time. I know Jeff Bezos with how he stru- uh, structures Amazon and all the different ventures and businesses that they buy you know they these type of people fail as much or more than they succeed but they're trying so many different things that we just see an inordinate amount of success and we just see the wins right and those people you know as much as I'm celebrating here they have people that are telling them how bad their decisions are and how they should be doing this instead of that those people have plenty of haters themselves regardless of how successful they've been but when it comes to speed of implementation what that needs to happen is it needs you to let go of those bad things that could happen. It needs you to let go of the judgment of what could someone think about this. It needs you to trust your team to be able to implement that and be able to make mistakes, right? Once you get to a certain level in your business, there's only, only so many hours that you have in the day as the owner or the coach. You have to leverage people around you in order to be successful. And your ability to leverage those people around you is what's gonna make or, or break you know your next five or 10 years or 20 years in business. Another thing I want you guys to realize is that almost every decision that you make is reversible in some way. It's temporary, it's an experiment, it's not permanent. right? You wanna treat it like it's permanent, you wanna go all in, you want to give it your full effort but it doesn't need to be permanent, right? So that could be things as definitive as a rebrand like we just did. There's nothing that says that we can't switch back, right? I brought up the Jordan example, right? He retired twice and came back two times or he retired three times but came back two of the three times, right? We just sold sleds the other day that were just bulky to store and the pain in the ass to store and we got newer drag sleds that we can store in about a 10th of the space if we decide down the road years down the road or months down the road that you know what we want these bigger bulkier sleds they're way more versatile and they can do these things we could buy them back i mean literally for 1200 1500 bucks we could buy back those sleds that we just got rid of right no decision that you make or very few decisions that you make are permanent and i think it's important for you guys to have more experiments in your life more trials in your life One of my mentors or coaches, Dr. Sean Pastuch, uh, had a recent podcast about the unsustainable week, is every maintenance task that you have, cleaning, uh, maybe even stuff like self-care, like hygiene and stuff like that, ditch it for one week and spend that week on the course that you've been wanting to build out. Spend that week on building out your staff playbook that you've been saying you're gonna do for the last six months. Spend that week on that one task or multiple tasks that you've been not getting to and spend your entire week dedicated to that one thing. I think the flip side is also true as well is like take an entire week off, right? If you are someone that um, is spending a ton of time in programming, right? You're, You're spending hours upon hours every single week programming for your gym. You don't have to make it a permanent decision to stop programming for your gym but maybe you can do it for a week trial. Maybe you can do it for a 30-day trial, right? There's gonna be things that happen in that that you don't like, that aren't perfect, that you would consider problems or issues. That's okay, it's a trial, it's an experiment, right? You're allowed to fail in these experiments. But that's gonna allow you to do stuff and try it out and see if this is where you wanna go long-term. So one of the ones that I'm looking at is coaching, right? I've gone back and forth for so many years about how many hours should I be coaching? How much time should I be spending in the business in that sense? And when we've opened back up here at some point, I'm like, you know what, let's just try it. Let me try for 30, 60, 90 days. Let me just try not coaching a single class. Um, I think that for me, I use coaching as a crutch. I think it's very, Often something that I use as a crutch to feel productive um, and it, it I mean I'm I feel that I'm really good at it I, I won't just, I'm reluctant to say openly that I'm really good at it but I feel that I'm really good at. It. I've been doing it for nine years now hopefully I'm decently good at it um, but it's something because I feel like I can use this range of skills that I've developed over the nine, last nine plus years that I'm good at it and I feel when I get done that I've created value in this world, in this community through coaching classes. And sometimes through coaching, that allows me to build momentum where I get even more things done in my day. But a lot of times I notice that I'll coach two or three hours, class hours, and then I'll let that sort of satisfy that productive itch for the day. And it's not that I'm gonna stop working after that, but I won't have that same drive and passion to get really important work done because I feel like I already have this thing that I accomplished. You know, there's also this crutch of, okay, what am I avoiding by spending hours on coaching? So I don't wanna get too far into that rabbit hole, but the point being that rather than using it as a crutch, just try it, let's try it. Let's go 60 days without me coaching a single class and see how it goes. There's nothing that is gonna happen during that 60 days that's gonna make that decision irreversible. There's nothing that's gonna happen that's gonna be a game-changing experience at this gym that you know, we're gonna fail because I didn't coach a class for 60 days. So be willing to experiment, be willing to focus on speed over perfection be willing to let negative feedback come in and be okay with that see it as a positive right and one thing that you can do is you can redirect that negative feedback to the person who can benefit from it right so if you're getting programming feedback that you feel is valuable but it's not positive feedback it's improvements that could be made instead of that going through you to then go through your head programmer it can go straight to your head programmer right if you're if you think that they're the right person to be that person to handle the programming, and you think that the feedback that's coming in is valuable for them to improve upon. That can go right to them. That's something that you don't have to put any of your own sort of, uh, you know, emotional health or uh, energy into, right? And this is all about protecting energy. This is all about your energy as a leader. The more and more you move into a management role or a leadership role the more that one of your most important roles is protecting your own energy. When you protect your own energy, that enables you to give more to others. That enables you to be in a better mindset to make better decisions faster. When you become a gym owner, when you become hopefully a successful or somewhat successful gym owner, one of the the biggest advantages that you have is the ability to control your time. You've earned that right. Right, and that's one of the reasons you got into it in the first place and left a corporate job is so you have that ability to to control your time. Yet, most of us become the worst boss we've ever had and we become, we make ourselves slaves to the work. So as you guys become successful, what I want you to be thinking about is where can I use the financial success to buy back my time? Or where can I use the financial success to buy back my energy, right? We know that money is just a tool. Money is a tool for leverage. It doesn't have any true value in, in the sense of the value is what we do with it. And one of the best ways to use money as a tool is to buy back time and to buy back energy. And i realized for me that in order for me to feel like I have my own personal compass on point and i'm not letting others sway me right i'm still empathetic to others i still hear others i hear that feedback but i'm not i'm not feeling the emotional roller coaster that comes with the weight of bearing everybody's feedback or negativity right i can hear it and let that kind of flow through me so to speak and in order to do that you have to protect your energy for me that looks like things like spending the time outside right going for a walk like a long walk not just like a 10 minute walk to check the box but like going for a 60 90 minute walk you know sometimes I'll make calls sometimes I'll listen to a podcast sometimes I'll just walk and that is a really important element for me of being out in the sun and kind of refilling that energy it's making time for things like meditation and breath work and journaling I've learned that I don't need to do that stuff every single day I don't need to have this necessarily like a two hour morning routine, but I need to make time for that every single week. And when I go weeks and months without that stuff, then I find that I'm just giving away that energy and never filling myself back up. I find that I'm easily swayed by other people's opinions as opposed to having that solid personal compass to rely on. Spending time learning and growing is another one for me. And when I know that I'm stuck, I'm usually spending that learning time and growing time on podcasts all about gym ownership, right? I'm listening to Two Brain, I'm listening to Stu Brower at WTF Gym Talk, I'm listening to Active Life, I'm listening to Ben Bergeron, I'm listening to Jason Kalipa. I am like so ingrained into this like gym owners CrossFit world. When I'm doing it in a healthy way, okay, that was the unhealthy way, when I'm doing it in more of a healthy way, I'm looking at the entire picture of personal growth. I'm listening to all kinds of podcasts about business, about personal growth. Um, the one that I've really liked lately is School of Greatness, um, as well as the uh, Jim Quick podcast is really good. I forget the name of it, but K-W-I-K. Those two are our podcasts, Tim Ferriss Show is another one, that go way beyond this small gym owner world. and. You know, there's topics about psychology and learning and personal growth and meditation. There's all these different topics that really feel like they fuel the well-rounded me as opposed to just this identity of myself as a gym owner. And I think it's really important for you guys to develop some self-awareness. If you feel like you might be stuck where I was two months ago, find a way to create some space from your business. Hopefully you've gotten some of the positive stuff that i've gotten out of these last two months through the space but if it hasn't happened already if you don't feel like you have that space the mental space from your business to really look at this then do that find a way to do that right it's an experiment even if it's five seven days find a way to create that space and then figure out what are those things that you need to do that fill you up on a regular basis that allow you to protect your energy that allow you to protect your own principles and your own mind to be able to be the best uh, coach or gym owner or leader that you need to be. We're all leaders and that's really what we're trying to protect here. So this is a a bunch of random stuff and I hope that you guys found this helpful. If any of this stuff resonates for you or um, you guys have good resources that you think would be helpful or beneficial, um, I'd love to hear them email me at andrew at crossfitpalmbeach.com and thanks for listening.